Hello, Miami Dolphin fans. Welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Brain, we are just about at what is, I guess, the peak of the NFL offseason, right? We've We've had coaches fired, coaches hired. The vast majority of your big free agent signings have occurred already. And now we're at that point where we are at the NFL draft. And this is where teams are going to pick up their superstars of the future. A lot of them are almost certain surefire hits. Others are sort of... You know, it's it's a lot of drafting with a lot of hope. And still others use the draft as a way, as a sort of means to build for the future, not not necessarily drafting players right now that they necessarily, you know, not stockpiling players now, but they use it as an opportunity to stockpile picks for the future. And that's something that the Dolphins have been doing fairly actively here uh, over this over the course of this offseason thus far. So here we are approaching the NFL draft. But before we get to our something of our NFL draft preview, and, and I should say, Brain, that this is not – if listen, if you are looking for incredibly insightful analysis of player by player and a look at what the Dolphins should do in each of the seven rounds of this year's NFL draft. This is not the show for you. There are other programs where you can go to and get lots of insight and all of the minutiae of the NFL draft. That is not this show. Uh, the brain is going to take us through some scenarios that the Dolphins may find themselves in in this draft, and we're going to address a few of those from our perspective, but this is not the place if you were looking for hardcore deep cut analysis of the NFL draft there. So don't expect that here. We're going to give you our opinions. We're going to give some thoughts from a sort of fan's perspective, but definitely don't look for us to get uh, too inside the game here. Lots of other places where you can find that kind of breakdown. But before we get to that draft talk, we do need to talk about um, a big move that happened recently. Not, I guess not a big move, but a move that is, I think, going to be helpful for the Dolphins when it comes to going into this 2019 season and feeling confident about a player who there had been some questions about his long-term future with the Dolphins. And in fact, there probably still are some questions about it. But at least it's been solidified for the time being. The Dolphins have exercised the fifth-year option on Laramie Tunsil. So that means that Tunsil is locked in for the 2019 season, will not hit free agency after the season. So that gives the Dolphins a little bit of time to figure out what they want to do with him. It gives them time to take stock of his performance in 2019. And I think that's probably pretty important given that we've got this whole new regi- regime here uh at the helm in Miami and Tunsil, I think could prove to be a very important building block for this Dolphins team. But at least now that the organization has another year to sort of sit back and observe 
his play over the course of the 2019 season, assuming, of course, uh, as with anybody else in the NFL, that, that that he manages to stay healthy this year. So Dolphins exercise the option on Laramie Tunsil. Brain, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, this locks him in for the 2020 season uh, because this is fourth year. But you're right. This assures that no matter what happens this year, he will be a Miami Dolphin in 2020. Um, this is kind of all along what I think most people expected the Dolphins to do. Um, there were some people, I kind of floated the idea out. I, I know some other people have, have floated the idea out that, look, you know this guy is your foundational left tackle. You So much so that you, you let Juwan James walk. And if you're going to let Juwan James walk and you've got no other offensive lineman really to speak of going into this draft, uh, you know, why not just make the commitment to Laramie Tunsil now, sign him long term, lock him up, and it'll probably end up saving you money in the long run. That's a little bit of a gamble going off of one really great year, but I think it's a really forward way of thinking and I would not have had a problem with the Dolphins doing that but this is you know probably the safer approach because let's say Laramie Tunsil takes a step back this year or gets injured or has any kind of issue you've still got him in 2020 under contract you know under a team-friendly deal of 10 million dollars but then you're going to have to make a decision you know at some point either before that season or in the middle of that season or, you know, or he's going to end up hitting the open market afterwards. And if he has a big year that year, I mean, you see what the market demanded for a guy like Juwan James and Juwan James in his best seasons has never had a season even close to what Laramie Tunsil just had. And if Laramie Tunsil has a season like that in his contract year, well, I mean, he he might end up being he might end up demanding a contract that makes him the highest paid left tackle in the league. So that's going to be a huge deal. So, um, really, what this does is it buys them a year. You hope that Laramie Tunzel has a really good year. If he does have a really good year and an All Pro year, you're gonna have to lock him up and you're gonna have to give him the extension before he goes into that that final contract year because you do not want him hitting the open market. Um, so look, they're going to end up spending a lot of money on Laramie Tunsil one way or another. Uh, this is just kind of, it buys them a year and it affords them, you know, it kind of gives them assurance insurance, if you will, if Laramie Tunsil ends up having some sort of big injury or a behavioral issue or, just, you know, just takes a step back in as far as his play is concerned. Hopefully that's not something that happens. Hopefully he he continues on the trajectory that he's been on and proves to be an important piece in the Miami Dolphins puzzle as we continue to move forward in this big rebuild that the Dolphins are undergoing now. Um so that that takes us to the draft brain. Um, and so at this point, I'm going to sort of hand the reins of the show over to the brain because the brain is going to take us through the draft stuff. Listen, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. 
draft, pre-draft speculation, mock drafts, all of that stuff, extraordinarily uninteresting to me. Not really my thing. I, 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 I like to pay attention. I, I know where the Dolphins' needs are, and I know what they need to do. But, you know, getting all of, you know, into all of the itsy-bitsy and all of the different permutations of what might happen, m- most of that stuff is just beyond my interest level. I, I, I always pay attention. I like to – sometimes I'll even watch the first night of the draft occasionally. But for the most part, I like to check back in afterwards and take a look at what we've done and then sort of take stock of this new batch of players that we've got. Um, and that's absolutely what we're going to do on this show after the draft takes place. But we thought it was important that we come in and at least touch base with everybody before the draft happens. So the brain is going to take us through some some stuff here. I Like I said, I'll throw in my two cents here and there wherever necessary. Uh, but brain, talk to us about... This draft for our 2019 Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so look, we know what the needs are. Obviously, quarterback is the is the hot button issue. Do we wait, take wait, a we qu- need a quarterback? We got Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, I'm talking about the you know the quarterback of the future, and he I know- is the quarterback of the future. It's going to be Fitz Magic for the next 15 years. Are you done? I'm I'm finished. Okay, so. We know that they need a quarterback, but much has been talked about, you know, that this is not a great class and Kyler Murray's probably going to be gone. Dwayne Haskins probably going to be gone. And save for those two guys, I don't know that there's anybody that the Dolphins would be even interested in. And I don't know, uh, you know, even if a Dwayne Haskins is there, if the Dolphins would take him at 13, would the Dolphins trade up for Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray is, you know, he's the story of the draft because at this point we still don't know if he's going to go number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals who still have Josh Rosen, have not traded him. Um, it's just all speculation at this point. And remember, uh, a year ago this time, there was a lot of speculation. Everybody had Sam Darnold going number one overall to the Cleveland Browns. And then, lo and behold, the Browns ended up going with Baker Mayfield. So we really just don't know at this point. Uh, you know, a lot of people will say that they know and will and will put two and two together with Cliff Kingsbury's comments about uh, Kyler Murray back when he was the coach, you know, at Texas Tech and say, look, he said he would draft him number one overall then. Now he's got the opportunity to draft him number one overall. He's going to do it. And they're just waiting to to trade Josh Rosen before they, you know, put pen to paper. That may be the case. That may not be the case. Look, they took they took Josh Rosen last year and they traded up to get him. So and and Cliff Kingsbury was hired to to basically to make it work with Josh Rosen. So I don't know if they're going to go and draft Kyler Murray, but if Kyler Murray drops, do the Dolph are, do the Dolphins suddenly find find themselves in that market? So quarterbacks it, it definitely in need. Uh, we know that they need all kinds of help on the offensive line. They're basically Laramie Tunsil and nobody else. Uh, and we know, so, I mean, they need a guard. They need a center. They definitely need a right tackle unless they're planning on playing Zach Sterup or Jesse Davis at right tackle, which just sounds like a disaster. Um, 
So they need lots of help on the offensive line. We know they need help on the defensive line. And we know that they need help in the secondary because we know that uh, Brian Flores, with this defense that he had in New England, played a lot of dime and even quarter defenses where they played six, seven defensive backs at a time. And the Dolphins did not do that at all over the past few years under Adam Gase. Uh, so they're not a defense that's, that's built to be playing five, to be playing more than five defensive backs. So, and you, and even the defensive backs that we do have, your, your TJ McDonald's and your Rashad Jones at safety, those are two guys that, that probably aren't going to be here long term. So you know that they're going to need to get at least one safety. You know that they're going to need to get some corners. Uh, so they need help in the secondary. They need help in the defensive line. They need help on the offensive line. They need a quarterback. Uh, some have said, well, you've only really got two viable options at running back. You probably need to get a running back too. Bottom line, they've got a lot of needs and they only have seven picks. So the way that I'm approaching this draft for the Dolphins is you got to get more picks. I think that's the the way to do it. But of course, in order to get more picks, you've got to have – in order to trade down, you need to have a partner that wants to trade up. And you're not going to just trade down and and take whatever picks are offered. The, the trade has to make sense. So um, I think in a perfect scenario, when it gets to 13, maybe the run on defensive linemen, because there's a ton of them, and there's a ton of elite ones, but there's a there's a drop off. I think probably after Cleland Farrell from Clemson, that maybe we get to 13 and we're right at that drop off. And one of those teams that's picking towards the back of the first round, whether it's the Kansas City Chiefs or maybe uh, maybe even the Oakland Raiders who have three picks, uh, maybe. Uh, Maybe the the Colts, uh, maybe the Rams. You know, so one of those teams picking towards the bottom of of the first round, or maybe even a team that already picked and has an early second round pick. Maybe we can. Maybe they want to move back up to thirteen to assure that they get that elite defensive lineman, and then the Dolphins can move back. And in an ideal world, I'm not even talking about picking up an extra pick in the second round, even though obviously that would be great because that's an extra pick for this draft. But really, the ideal situation would be if we could move back and somehow come away with an extra first round pick in next year's draft. I mean, at that point, I mean, you're, you're playing with house money. And you just say, all right, quarterback, we're all in next year and we're just going to go and we're going to load up on all of our other needs in this draft. Because if you get that second first round pick next year, in addition to all the picks that we've already stockpiled, what you've basically done is, look, there's a good chance that the Dolphins are, I mean, there's a chance the Dolphins are picking number one overall next year, but we don't know that. There's a very good chance that we're picking in the top five. But we don't know that either. There's a chance that the Dolphins go out. I mean, I talked about this 
before the offseason ever started, before we really saw what the plan was, I talked about, you know, you bring in a competent quarterback, you draft well on the offensive line and the defensive line, you, you bring in some good coaching. This team might be as good, if not better, than it was last year. And so there's a chance that the team ends up winning six, seven, or even eight games next year. And if that happens, well, you're going to want that extra first-round pick because if you want to get a quarterback in next year's draft, you're going to need to trade up in that in that scenario. And the best way to be able to trade up, the best chip to have, is an extra first-round pick in that year's draft. Uh, so I would love to get that. But, you know, save for getting an extra first-round pick, I would love to get, you know, an extra pick in this draft. Especially, you know, an extra second round pick would be nice. There's a lot of quality players in this draft in this that are expected to go in the second round and third round, especially on the defensive line and in the secondary. There may be a few guys that you can get towards the early early parts of the second round that would be good, good offensive linemen. Um, but if we could draft, if we could trade down, there's some value there at the end of the first round. And then in the, and then getting more picks in the second or third round. Now, let's, let's talk about a couple of these scenarios. Well, let me just say, while I don't have a ton of thoughts on the draft, the one thought that I did have was that if I had to pick what my preferred move would be for the Dolphins, failing a scenario where I know you're going to start talking about some of these, but failing some scenario where somehow Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins are available at 13. You know, failing that, my move would be to trade down from that first round pick and, yeah, to maybe get a first rounder next year or pick somewhere else just so that you can continue to stockpile those picks for next year and beyond. All right. So I'm glad you brought that up. So so let's talk about that. Uh, if the quarterbacks fall, because like I said, we don't know if Kyler Murray is going to go number one overall. We, we do have a sense that there are more than a few teams that are interested, or I shouldn't say more than a few. There are a few teams that are definitely interested and probably would entertain trading up for him. And we know that the Dolphins have worked him out and the Dolphins have shown a lot of interest. And we know that there are insiders of the Dolphins organization that have, you know, you know, basically professed their love for Kyler Murray. And would love to see the Dolphins get him. So we know he's got, you know, a bit of a fan base down here. Let's let's first talk if he doesn't go number one overall. And then number two, San Francisco. I mean, maybe they trade him, but San Francisco probably not looking to trade down more than a couple spots because they really want the defensive line help. The Jets, they could trade down. But I, I, I think they're probably in a similar situation where they probably, uh, even though they're not going to take a quarterback, they probably need to be blown away in a deal to move down because there are three real elite prospects on the defensive line that most experts will tell you are the three guys that are the three best prospects in this draft, and that's Nick Bosa, Quinnen Williams, and Josh Allen, and... If Arizona doesn't go Josh Rosen, 
most people would expect, well, then, I mean, doesn't go Kyler Murray, then in all likelihood, that means they're going Nick Bosa, which means Quinn and Williams and Josh Allen are most likely going two and three. And then you've got the Oakland Raiders at number four. Now, the Raiders early in the offseason were a team that was linked to Kyler Murray. We don't know. Do are they are they gonna go all in on Kyler Murray or are they gonna go all in on this year on Derek Carr? That would be a good spot uh to find out. But if they do want to go all in on Derek Carr, at number four, especially with three defensive linemen going in this scenario, this would seem like a spot where you where the trade could happen, where a team that's trading up. So whether it's the Oakland Raiders at four or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at five, if Kyler Murray drops there, now you don't need to trade all the way up to number one, so it it should reduce the price. Would you trade up for for the rights to draft Kyler Murray? Would I? Yes. I mean, let's, and let me talk, uh, let's say it costs you, obviously it's gonna, it's gonna, obviously you're gonna swap picks in the first round. And then let's say it costs you your 2020 first round pick. And then let's say, you know, maybe, maybe a third rounder next year, or maybe probably not a, not another pick in this year's draft, but let's say a, like a third rounder in next year's draft. So Would you, you trade up? So it costs a first rounder next year? And also a third rounder, whether and this year or next year. For Kyler Murray, I mean I think I think maybe I think you gotta take the flyer. If he drops, I think it's worth making making that move. Okay. Because so th- I mean, well, if you, I mean, you're giving up next year's first round pick. So, I mean, really, at that but point, what, you're putting in, at that point, you're putting all your chips in the basket and saying, if this doesn't, putting all your chips in the basket, putting all your eggs in one basket. If at that point, if you're making the decision that this is the guy that you're going all in for, because even if it doesn't work out this season, you no longer have your first round pick next year. Right. And then if it's, if, uh, if, if the shit hits the fan and it goes all haywire, then I guess the the plan would then be to tank in 2020. But I mean, you're not really trying to tank in 2020. But if if for whatever reason, if Kyler Murray ends up being a bust and you end up being bad, I guess you could fall back on the 2021 class, which is headed by Trevor Lawrence, who many have said is arguably the best quarterback prospect that we have ever seen. The more I uh, think about it. The more I think about it, I don't like the idea of trading up because if you trade up for the quarterback, yes, I know this is the guy that everybody likes, right? But you are doing, you are executing a very, very competent rebuild at the moment when it comes to the way you're gathering picks and the way you are leveraging your present as a way to sort of establish your future. Or leveraging your future as a way to, you know, sort of deal with the present. And I think making all of these, tr- making a trade, putting that much on the line for a quarterback this year that is no more or less guaranteed to be a home run in the NFL as anybody is next year. It just seems like a big risk 
And obviously there's a very high reward possibility, but if it doesn't work out, you've sort of lost your opportunity and given away any opportunity you've had to had a, to have a backstop. I think, I guess what I would prefer in that situation, if the Dolphins were going to draft a quarterback in the first round, I would say draft whoever is available at 13 and don't trade up. Don't, don't give away your, your future for, for either of the, the two big names in this draft. Yes, I know a lot of people are saying these are the guys, these are the guys strike now when the, when the iron is hot, but I don't know. I, my, my, my feeling is that I would rather hold on to those other picks and those opportunities to strike again. Uh, you know, if it doesn't work out, you haven't put yourself in a situation where you're now going on an upward climb, right? It's that you've really given your, put yourself in a hole if you make the move now and strike out. So I'm saying don't trade. Okay. All right. So, so don't trade up to get Kyler Murray. Now let's talk about the, the most unlikely scenario. And I, I don't even know if it's worth talking about, but I think I know your answer based on kind of your thought process there, which was kind of on the fence before making the decision not to, not to trade up was, all right, let's say Kyler Murray is there at 13. Do you take him at 13? Oh, if he's there, if Kyler Murray is there at 13, I think you take him. Okay. Um, that's, that's kind of a no brainer. I, I guess, yeah, I'm not a, I, like, I'm, I'm not necessarily one of these guys that's all sold, that's sold on Kyler Murray. And that's why I agree with you that I wouldn't trade in, trade up for Kyler Murray. Um, I know a lot of people are sold. And look, if the Dolphins firmly believe and they've done, their homework on the guy. They've met with him. They've worked him out privately. They've watched all the film. Like they know how they feel about him. If they are a hundred percent sold that look, this guy is Russell Wilson 2.0, then I'm not going to be angry if they trade up for him because they're, they're what as, as long as they don't give away too much, and if that's the price, that's really not a steep price for a franchise quarterback. I mean, if he ends up being the, the talent that a lot of people say that he is, I mean, that's a bargain to move up. So I'm not going to be upset if they trade up. But as you mentioned, if they trade up and they have to give away their first round pick for next year, then... They are basically Chris Greer is basically putting his job on the line for for Kyler Murray at that point because if Kyler Murray doesn't pan out, uh, then they're going to need to draft another quarterback. And if Chris Greer was so sold on Kyler Murray that he traded up and cost us the opportunity to draft another quarterback the following year, then I don't want Chris Greer drafting our next quarterback. So. That's the decision there. I'm, I would not trade up, but if they traded up and did not have to give away more than obviously this year's first rounder and next year's first rounder and then, you know, an extra pick in the middle rounds, I would be okay with that as long as they didn't have to give up more. Um, but I would not do it. Now at 13, we're saying Kyler Murray's not there. 
But let's say Dwayne Haskins is there. And there is a very, there's a decent chance of this. I mean, let's say Kyler Murray falls. I, I think the if Kyler Murray falls, if Arizona doesn't take Kyler Murray, the chances go increase exponentially that Dwayne Haskins will be there at 13. Because what it means is whether it's Miami trading up or Cincinnati trading up or Denver trading up or, or the Giants, I mean, there, there are too many teams in front of Miami that need a quarterback. And then there's also Washington, just two picks after Miami at 15 that need a quarterback. So if Miami stays at 13, I mean, the odds are Kyler Murray's gone. But then do, do those teams that are picking in front of Miami, your, your Denver's, your Cincinnati's, your, your New York Giants at number six, do they take Dwayne Haskins, and if they don't, if you're the Miami Dolphins and you're at pick 13, do you take Dwayne Haskins? I think if he's there at 13, I think if either Murray or Haskins are there at 13, it's worth taking the flyer. Um, I don't know that I like any of the other quarterbacks that are available at 13. Listen, that being said, if the Dolphins have somebody that they absolutely love and they need to have, then so be it. But my thought is if either of those two guys falls to 13, it's worth it to use that pick there. Otherwise, I think there are other things the Dolphins can do. Yeah, I this this one is tough and I don't think this is going to happen because I just think there's too many teams that need a quarterback and I think from look and again, Neither of us huge draft guys, neither of us big college football guys, but you know, we both pay attention. We read about the analysis. We hear about the, the analysis, whether, you know, we listen to the insiders that do have access. And from everything that I've heard about Haskins, his, his positives are look, prototypical size, prototypical arm, great accuracy. And the most important one, in my opinion, I mean, those three, those are three boxes that you definitely want checked. But the most important one is that he is a great processor of information and that he can diagnose a defense and he makes adjustments on the fly. To me, that's the most important other than accuracy and arm strength. That's the, that's like right up there. Those are the three most important traits that I want in a quarterback is one, he's got to be able to make all the throws. The ball's got to be, he's got to be able to put the ball where he wants it consistently. And then he's got to be able to process the information so that when he decides where he's going with the ball, it's going to the right place. You know, he's making the right decision. And he checks all of those boxes off. Now, the, the negatives, he's not the most mobile guy. He's, he's a little heavy footed, not the most fleet of foot. Um, and you're, look, if you draft him and you don't address that offensive line, uh, you might be in for a very rocky start to his career because he's not a mobile guy. Um, and then, so that's a little bit of a concern. I think the biggest concern is, that he showed up to the combine and to his pro day out of shape. That he was a little doughy. 
and that he was getting winded. And that is a concern because how serious is he taking the process? Because at the end of the day, what the NFL combine and the NFL pro day or, you know, what these pro days are is they're, they're glorified job interviews. And if you show up to a job interview looking sloppy, you know, that reflects something that as an employer, do you want to hire that person that's coming to the job interview looking sloppy? Because now you're, you're giving this guy the keys to your franchise as the, as the starting quarterback. You want him to be the leader. You want a guy that's going to be not just a hard worker in the, in the classroom, although that's very important and that's something that Dwayne Haskins is, but you also want somebody that's going to be a leader and a hard worker you know, in the weight room, he's going to take care of his body. He's going to be a professional because you don't want somebody that's going to eat themselves out of the league, a la a uh, Jamarcus Russell, who came in with all of these attributes, maybe not as high on the mental processing, but with all of these physical attributes, but then, you know, ate himself out of the league because he couldn't stay, you know, he didn't work hard off the field and, he didn't take care of his body. So that one concerns me. But if the Dolphins have done their due diligence and they like the guy and they decide, look, this is a guy that is that we firmly believe in. I have no problem taking him at 13. And honestly, if I'm in their spot, not knowing the future, the uncertainty there, if Dwayne Haskins should fall to you at 13 I think I take him, but I'm not necessarily married to the pick if you get the right option to trade down because you might have a situation where maybe the New York Giants at number six, you know, or the Oakland Raiders at number four, maybe one of those teams were like, you know, we really like Dwayne Haskins, but there's a guy here on the defensive line that we just can't pass up on and we're going to pass on Dwayne Haskins because we're just not a hundred percent sold. But if, but then all of a sudden he passes Jacksonville at seven, he passes Detroit at eight, he passes Denver at 10 and he passes Cincinnati at 11. And now it's there at 13. And maybe then the giants are thinking, well, look, we are, and maybe the Raiders too, or, or one of those other teams, maybe they're thinking, you know, we got the defense of the, we got that elite defensive lineman that we wanted, but now Haskins is still there. Let's go ahead and make the move up to get him. And we'll give away the first round pick next year because then we're essentially, we're just using that first round pick next year on Dwayne Haskins. And it's essentially, you know, like we got two first round picks anyway, because essentially you did. Um, so, so maybe that's the scenario. And then the Dolphins move back to the second round. You know, they, they end up taking a hit a little bit. They don't get quite the guy that they, you know, quite the playmaker in this year's draft. But now they've set themselves up to ensure that they're going to get the quarterback that they want next year. I think if, if something like that happened, I would, I would make the trade and not take Haskins. But barring that, if Haskins is there at 13, I think I make the pick. Now, if it's not Haskins, if Haskins isn't there, Murray's not there, we're not trading up, 
we don't trade down. Let's say we're staying at 13. Who are we taking? Now, there's there's going to be some options there. We're, we're going to find ourselves most likely towards the end of a run on defensive linemen. There are a lot of elite defensive linemen in this class. Um, there may be one there, whether it's Clellan Farrell, whether it's Christian Wilkins. Um, maybe it's Ed Oliver. I don't think Ed Oliver is going to last that that long. I think if Ed Oliver is there, I think that's like a home run pick. But I also think that there are, it's a very deep defensive line class. And I think the Dolphins can easily get a very good defensive lineman in the second round. And I am going to keep, you know, I, I'm going to keep pounding the table that I think Gerald Willis out of the U would be an awesome addition later in this draft. Um, he's not expected to go in the first round. I, I, I would take him in the second round. If he somehow made it to the third round, I mean, I would, I wouldn't let two seconds come off the clock before our, uh, before our selection came up. If Gerald Willis was there for our pick in the third round, I'm a huge fan of his, his, and I think he fits perfectly, you know, as, as a, as a defensive end in this scheme. He might even be able to play the nose. He could play in the, he could play multiple sets. So when we do four down linemen, he can move inside. Huge fan of Gerald Willis. Um, he could even play at the end in the, in, in a four three. So there's just the versatility and the ability there of a Gerald Willis. I would love, he's a huge target for me outside of the first round in this draft. But it's, so if we're sticking at 13 and there are all these defensive players that you can get later, the guy that I'm looking at is the guy that is widely considered the best pure right tackle in this draft and maybe the best pure tackle in this draft. There's really, there's two tackles in this draft that seem to be a cut above everybody. And that's Jonah Williams out of Alabama and Jawan Taylor out of Florida. Jonah Williams played left tackle at Alabama. And many have said that he might play left tackle. He might be able to play right tackle, but probably his best position that they project him at is left guard. I wouldn't have a problem with the Dolphins taking him because whether it's whether it's right tackle or left guard, the Dolphins need one of those positions and I and you could use an elite guy. So I wouldn't be mad at that pick. But seeing as though we just lost our right tackle to free agency in Juwan James and Juwan Taylor is a three year starter at right tackle. You don't have to worry about teaching him a new position. And he is seen as, you know, Everything that I've read and heard is that he's expected to be as good, if not better, than Juwan James. To me, it makes a lot of sense to just, you get Juwan Taylor, you've got Laramie Tunsil on the other side, now you've got those bookend tackles. You can address the interior of the offensive line, maybe with another pick in this year's draft, probably in next year's draft as well. But now you've got those bookend tackles so that when you do draft your quarterback next year, you don't have to worry about your tackle position. So I'm a big fan, and I think if it's not Dwayne Haskins at 13, I think 
And and if Jawan Taylor is there, uh, I would take Jawan Taylor. Now, if Jawan Taylor isn't there, um, I wouldn't have a problem uh, taking Jonah Williams out of Alabama. Uh, but I'm not necessarily so. You're not going to play him at left tackle. I'm not crazy about the idea of having to move him over to the right side. But if they did their due diligence and they believe he could do it, fine. Um, and I'm not crazy about taking a guard with the number 13 pick. So if it's not Haskins and it's not Taylor, then at that point, I'm probably looking at your defensive linemen, uh, are potentially one of the corners, but I'm not terribly excited about it. So if you get there to 13 and all the elite defensive linemen are gone and Juwan Taylor is gone, I suppose that I would take Jonah Williams, but at that point, I would really, really, really be hoping that the Dolphins would trade down because I think if you end up taking a guard at 13 or you end up reaching on a corner uh, or or a center or or even a safety because there's some good safeties in this draft, but that, that's going to be too high to, to take any of them. Um, I think if you end up having to reach at 13, that's going to be kind of disappointing to come away having reached at a pick and not acquired more. So is that pretty much your view on this draft or is there more that you have thoughts on? Well, I think that's, that's what I want in the first round and, and in the, what you do in the first round really sets up your entire draft. So if, if they take Haskins in the first round at 13, I mean, we know that they are just going to go at that point. I mean, you're just going to hope that you hit on all your picks because, I mean, maybe you get some value to trade down and, and pick up another pick here or there, but you're probably not going to be able to pick up very many more impact players, uh, you know, in the second or third round. Uh, you're probably not going to acquire any more second, and third round picks than you already have. So you just need to hit on them. That means you got to hit on a defensive lineman. You got to hit on an offensive lineman. I think if they go quarterback at 13, I think the position that probably takes the biggest hit as far as them not addressing it is probably the secondary because I think they've got bodies in the secondary, even if they're not great or not proven. You've got your Cordrea Tankersleys and your Cornell Armstrongs back there uh, that, you know, haven't gotten their chance to play under this regime. And maybe with those guys, they go, they get in there and they, and a light bulb goes off and you end up having, you just let them play it out. And then you probably have it as a huge need next year. But one thing that I definitely think that they've got, I mean, they, they've got to address offensive line in this draft and they've got to address defensive line in this draft. So if they end up going quarterback at 13, I think probably you're, you're not, you're kind of punting the secondary unless you're able to acquire some more picks. Uh, you're probably punting any of those ancillary positions. If there's a running back you like, uh, a wide receiver you like, um, those, those positions you're probably not addressing until later in the draft, which that's when it becomes increasingly a crapshoot. If you trade down, um, I think it enables you to address more needs, which I, I think is, is the preferred situation for this year. Um, and if they end up going offensive line, if, if they, if none of those things happen, I would prefer them go offensive line in the first round because there's just, 
a, a lot of depth at defensive line and defense in general in the second and third round. So I would love to see them take, you know, a Jawan Taylor in the first round and then in the second and third rounds come away with, uh, a, you know, a, you know, a big time defensive lineman come away with a corner, get a safety. Uh, I mean, that would be, that would be a really nice draft. And you're basically, you're filling out that entire roster so that next year you can drop that quarterback in. Yeah, what I can say is that the Dolphins have thus far in this offseason, I think, done a very good job of executing the rebuild. They haven't made any big, splashy moves. They haven't done anything out of line with their goals. And I think as long as they don't do anything silly and over the top in this draft when it comes to trading away some of that artillery that they're saving up, and by artillery, I mean those draft picks. I think as long as they don't make any big gambles in this draft, any big reaches, then I think it's probably going to be a pretty good situation for the Dolphins. So we will do another episode of this show after the draft has taken place. Um, we'll, we'll reflect back on the moves the Dolphins made, talk about things that we liked, talk about things that we didn't like, and then... Um, and then, then we'll pretty much from that point, once the draft has happened, unless there's been more big breaking news, I would expect us to have our post draft show. And then we'll probably see you again as we get a little bit closer to preseason. Uh, unless, of course, as I said, there's big news that breaks in between now and then, but I think that's probably going to be our schedule. Um, speaking of schedules, the Dolphins 2019 schedule has been released and uh, we, you know, the brain and I talked about it. We don't want to get too much into it right now because we are going to do that um, a little bit closer to the season in our season preview episode. We'll, we'll go through the calendar, the, the schedule week by week and, and give our thoughts on it. Um, I will say this, However, uh, just uh, one kind of quick initial thought that I had when I saw that count, that schedule. It, it's, if, if you are one of those people and the brain and I are both admittedly those kind of people that would not be completely brokenhearted if the Dolphins won three or fewer games this season, the schedule feels pretty good. Feels pretty good. You don't look at that schedule and go, oh, there's a lot of wins here, um, you know, as far as instant reactions. I, Brain, was that your sort of instant thought, too, just looking at the schedule very quickly? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind making an early prediction just based on the schedule because I, I, I could throw it out because it's it's so early. We haven't had the draft. We haven't had – we're not even close to 53-man rosters yet. So the, we'll do a full schedule breakdown. But when I looked at the schedule – I got them winning, you know, at, at anywhere from three to six games is where is where I've got them at. Yeah, I mean, I I could I could see them bottoming bottoming out, but I think most likely when I looked at that schedule, my thought was four and twelve. Yeah, I, I that's probably fine, and I think if the Dolphins ended up four and twelve after this season, that's probably a. You know, if you're one of those people, and again, we are those kind of people that would not be upset if the Dolphins had a bad season this year because this season is not about making the playoffs. It's really about, you know, just sort of seeing what you got and positioning yourself for next year's draft. I think, 
uh, if the Dolphins ended up with four wins in 2019, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, let's let's look at it. Like in this year's draft, the Arizona Cardinals are picking number one overall. They went three and thirteen, and then and then what? Three teams went four and twelve. Yeah. You know so, the rate the Raiders, the Jets, and the 49ers went four and twelve. So I mean, you're you're looking at a top three or top four pick if you go four and twelve. And I would feel I, I really feel like you want to be in the top three is where you if you're in the top three, typically there's going to be at least two quarterbacks. And we're looking at the, the guys from next year. And if it's if it's Tua and it's Herbert and it's from um, some people have thrown, you know, Jordan Love in there. Um, I think it's safe to assume that two of those guys will end up, you know, separating themselves. And I feel like if you're in the top three, your odds are are pretty good that you're going to end up getting one of those guys. And I, I think it's especially helpful that the teams around the league that you would think are your biggest competition uh, for, you know, as far as teams that need a quarterback that could potentially have bad years, I think, look, the vast majority of them are, are trying to win now, which means they're probably going to finish with a better record than Miami, or they're taking a quarterback in this draft, which means they're less likely to take a quarterback in next year's draft. So I think it's, I, th- I think if you get in the top three and really even in, in getting to the top five, I think you're looking pretty, pretty good at getting the quarterback that you want next year. But again, we don't know. We don't know if two is going to come out. At, at the end of next year. I mean, everybody is expecting it, but we don't know. We don't know. Look, Herbert, there are questions about, you know, just how good he is. He's kind of underperformed in spite of the fact that he's like some, some sort of super prospect. Um, and then Jake Fromm is a guy that, you know, has been up and down. I mean, we might get to next year's draft and we, it might look a lot like this year's draft where we say, you know, these quarterbacks, they looked really good, but, you know, the real prize is next year at Trevor Lawrence. And that it just goes to show you, 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 you don't really know. So that's why, even though I agree that tanking organizationally, I mean, if you don't want to use that word, rebuilding so that you're putting the future ahead of trying to win this year, um, I think that's the way to go. But it doesn't necessarily guarantee that we're going to get our guy next year. But certainly, if we go four and twelve or worse, our odds are a lot better at finding that franchise quarterback. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing to 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 keep in mind is that if this Dolphins team struggles this year, and I expect that they will, it's not altogether a bad thing because when you look at the process this team is undergoing. That's sort of the direction of the organization. It means that they're probably not going to be great year because the team is not built. They are not building a team to compete this year. They're building a team to compete beyond that. They're building a team that's going to compete long term and they're moving those pieces and getting them into position. And, uh, you know, that means having to be patient and that means losing games is not necessarily a bad thing because I really, this is not a year where 
results are going to be incredibly important when it comes to winning a Super Bowl isn't, isn't on the agenda for 2019. Maybe it is for the players. Fine. Maybe it is for the coaches. Fine. But as far as the organization as a whole, they might tell you that that's the goal for 2019, but I promise you it's not. The goal is further down the line and building a team that can compete and stay competitive year after year. And to get there, it's it's a process. And the Dolphins are in the middle of that now. And I feel, while yes, I know the Dolphins have done this many, many times, this is the first time in a while that I've really felt good about that process. So... At any rate, draft is upcoming. We'll be back after the draft to sort of reflect on it and tell you what we think. But in the meantime, Brain, tell the people where they can find you. Can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. I am at Amplified to Rock. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. Every episode of the show is also available on dolphinstalk.com. Make sure you're visiting dolphinstalk.com every day. There's been all kinds of great off-season coverage of the team on dolphinstalk.com. So make sure that you are visiting them every day for updated news and opinions. Of course, every episode of the show is available on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's on Stitcher. It's also on SoundCloud. So get involved. Download, rate, review, subscribe. Leave us a comment. Leave us uh, some thoughts. Give us a five-star rating and review on I- on Apple Podcasts. It's very helpful to us, and we very much appreciate it. So we hope that you will all, those of you that are going to be watching all of the NFL draft, God be with you. If you are not watching the draft, that's okay too. The big thing is that you make sure to join us again here on the same old Dolphin show when we come back to talk about what the draft did for the team. In the meantime, for Aaron the Brain, this is Josh. Take care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. No dolphins. Miami's got